we have transitioned from the, but we're still in the Spirit-filled series, and we have been looking at the fruits of the Spirit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And uh, I, I don't know that I would call this necessarily a sermon, just maybe a collection of statements. And uh, I thought I might better just get out of the way so we can just worship today. Um, and so um, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to to kind of just share this um, conundrum of thoughts that have run through my head now for a couple of weeks and that I couldn't sleep last night because of. And um, so I just gave up and left my house. My six-year-old thinks I spent the night at the church um, because when she woke up, it was dark and I wasn't there. Uh, so that's probably not a good thing. Uh, but uh, I didn't, by the way. But uh, that's just kind of the way all that works. So he- here's the the kind of the long and the short of it. Everybody, everybody longs for a life of peace, and we seek to find places where we can experience it. Uh, Disneyland or Disney World is referred to as the what? It ought to be characterized as the most expensive place on earth, (laughs) the most confusing and frustrating place on earth, but um, it has a different moniker. Uh, Maybe, you know, for some of you, you find peace atop a mountain, but I've got a question for you. Did you find peace as you hiked up that mountain? Um, See, some of you are hating me already. Um, Some find peace on a beach with the rhythmic sound of waves washing against the shore, and that would be my wife. I grew up on the beach in the the sugar white sand of, of the Gulf of Mexico, and you sleep with it, you eat with it, you wear it, it gets all in your car. So see, that's not a peaceful place for me. Some uh, just want to find a quiet place where you can feel like all is well. Let me know how that's working for you. But here's the real challenge, that we may find moments of peace, but the reality is is that we live in a world that's in chaos. Uh, We have faced challenges at home, at work, in our relationships, and within ourselves. We feel anxious, we feel worried, we feel burdened, we feel tired, because peace at times is elusive. And some of you are still dealing with the getting kids up, getting spouse up, getting in the car, fighting all the way here, and then trying to fake a smile as you came in. Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's why we take two cars. I let my wife sleep. I'm a wise man. Uh, God, though, offers us peace, and what he offers us is his peace. He doesn't promise that we'll never uh, experience storms in our lives because the reality is is that Jesus told us that in this world we're going to have trouble but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Um, uh, But he does promise that, that, that peace through him will get us through the storms. Um, Peace is an inward confidence that comes from knowing that God is with us. Peace is an inward confidence that we know and we're confident of that God is with us. God's peace is different than just peace, um, kind of as we often think about it. God's peace is a calmness that is threaded through our lives because we know we are safely in the hands of a loving Father. Peace Peace is about trusting that that God will walk with us no matter the struggle or the situation. He's going to give us the support, the wisdom, and the opportunities we need to press on. Uh, There is a great benefit of 
the fruit of the, the Spirit bringing peace in our lives because God's peace means we can be content no matter the circumstances. Philippians 4, 7, that, that Paul found contentment no matter what he faced. God's peace calms our fears, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Colossians 3.15, God's peace means that we are peacemakers. God's peace comes from knowing that God is in control even though our lives feel chaotic. The fruit of patience, the fruit of patience, the the next um, fruit of the Spirit flows from a heart of peace. Because if we are in peace internally, we can be patient externally. But if you're not at peace internally, you are going to have conflict externally, and your patient quota is going to be met very early in the morning. And conflict is going to ensue with people that you don't want to necessarily be in conflict with. You are going to be impatient because impatience often comes from having a lack of peace about a particular situation. Now, we get frustrated when the answers don't come in the timing that we prefer, or the resolution uh, that we're looking for doesn't play out the way that we think it ought to. We begin to doubt God's goodness. This doubt and the lack of trust breeds contempt and anger in our hearts, which leads to impatience. Uh, I love Proverbs 14, 29. It says, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great Foolishness, people with understanding. Uh, in, in other words, they understand they aren't in control. And boy, that's a hard surrender in it to go, okay, I'm not in control. God is. I'm going to let God work this out. And, and that frustrates us that we don't get to have some little computer, a little iPad that we can kind of dictate how the day's going to go. I mean, people have tried. Uh, if we allow God's peace to reign in our hearts and minds, we're going to find the ability to have self restraint and patience. We, we won't feel the need to take matters into our own, own hands or worry about the what-ifs of life because the what-ifs will drive you insane. We learn to wait on God and let him guide along the path that he knows is the best path. That's what the psalmist said, that, that he is our good shepherd and he leads us to green grass and to quiet waters. He, he knows the track that we need to follow. Peace ultimately is knowing that the Lord of the universe is by your side. But when I say by your side, I don't mean he's walking next to you. I mean he's living within you. And and we're resting in that knowledge. It's not just knowing, but it's also living it out that God is with us, for us, and in us. Uh, Peace is sitting in comfort and knowing that God is next to you no matter what. Peace is something that you can't attain physically because the world is almost always going to be a rocky place. So when Galatians says that the fruit of the Spirit is peace, it's knowing that when we have the Spirit in us and among us, we are able to sit in peace. We're able to rest in peace and know that the Holy Spirit is with us and the peace of God is in us. As go out in joy, because we talked about joy last week. Isaiah 55, 12 says, as we go out in joy, we're going to be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills will burst out in song before you, and all the trees of the fields 
will clap their hands. Um, I mean, think about those moments that you find yourself to be anxious, frustrated, or living in chaos. The world may seem to be spinning around at 100 miles an hour, and you just need a moment to sit and to try to be still. The overwhelming peace that can comfort you during that time comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from anything you do. That There are no things that we can do because peace is not a fruit of our will. It is a fruit of the Spirit at work in us. It's not based off our intelligence. It's not based off our hard work. It's not based off our ingenuity because the Lord knows we've tried to figure out a formula and a mechanism to bring our own peace, haven't we? I mean, you may have your favorite place to drink coffee in the morning and watch the sun rise or whatever, but how many times do you thoroughly get to enjoy that place uninterrupted without anything to drive you crazy? Don't answer that. You've got your secret little place, and inevitably there's going to be some distraction, some interruption, some noise, some chaos, something that just kind of knocks that thing out of whack. And then you're frustrated, and then you no longer want to go to your place. But peace isn't a place. Peace is a person. Peace comes from, from God's reign in our life. Um, we... We often define peace in terms of what it isn't, as in it's the absence of conflict or distraction or anything that makes us feel comfortable or disturbed. Um, a nation is at peace when they're not involved in any wars. A person is at peace when they feel relaxed and comfortable. But what if I told you that the biblical idea of peace sometimes means Diving into conflict, choosing discomfort, and being disturbed. That, that, that's not our idea of what peace is. Uh, scripture teaches us that the Lord surrounds those who are in conflict. Uh, the image, the picture of it is an, an entire army that positions itself around the city, not to invade it, but to defend it. That's the image that we get when we start thinking about peace as it comes from God, because there may be conflict already in the city. And then God sends his protection so that there are no more invaders to stir up more chaos, and we begin to get a right way of thinking about what's already going on within us, which isn't always easy to do because it's hard for us to separate the what from the who. The what from the who. Um, we, we look for a what or a where when we think of peace. A good book. A quiet place. But Scripture reinforces time and time again, peace is a who. Peace is a who. Here, here's uh, what Paul says uh, in 2 Corinthians about it. He says, for Christ himself is our peace. He has made both Jew and Gentile both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility that he might create in himself one new humanity in the place of the two. So making peace 
and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. Therefore, hostility comes to an end. Two opposing worldviews, Jew and Gentile. Two systems by which they've lived, and it says that Christ came and brought them together. He, he destroyed the dividing wall. The thing that was conflicting in them, he, he mowed it down. He, he got rid of it. He opened the door for them to come together. Jesus is our peace. He came to reconcile us. Now, um, think about it this way. Um, God wants us to have peace of mind, peace in our heart, and peace in our family. Scripture says that peace with God begins by placing our faith in Christ. Uh, we, we don't create it, but um, think about how we view um, peace and conflict. There, there are times when we find ourselves anxious because we face a situation we were not expecting. You, you agree with that? You, you, uh, unexpected situations you, you find. Uh, but think about the way we view expectations and think about the difference in the people have expectations in different parts of the world. Let's, let's take this, the city of New York and you're a taxi driver. Okay, you're a taxi driver and, and you're driving along and another taxi comes up and rams you in the rear of your taxi. Now, what's going to happen? What, what, what are you going to do and what, what is that other driver going to do? Do, do you know the answer to this? They're going to do nothing. They're going to keep going like it never happened. Now, if that happened here in Auburn, California, they, they, they would get out and they'd start yelling, you moron, blah, 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 blah. But a taxi driver in New York's going, hey, it's only been like two hours since we had the, the wreck before this one, so it's not a big deal. Uh, their expectations is because they live in chaos and the streets are chaos, that accidents are going to happen so they don't make a big deal of it. They just what? They keep going. So expectations have a lot to do with not only where we live, but how we see things. Now, if somebody hit our car, we would be doing everything we could to get out so they could pay for the damage, right? So sometimes our expectations set us up actually for more anxiety and don't give us the mechanism to deal with the chaos in our life because we're not expecting it. A matter of fact, Sometimes we find ourselves overwhelmed in ourselves because we're disappointed that we're disappointed. We're angry that we're angry. We're frustrated that we're frustrated. And so we then turn inside on ourselves and we make it all worse. Because what? Well, I'm an adult. I should, I should think differently than this. I, I should know better than to do that. I should know. And, and we, we perpetuate our own chaos. And we are harder on ourselves. We're harder on ourselves. And so we, we have a lack of peace because we're not at peace with ourselves. We're not at peace with others. And maybe we're not at peace with God. And, and to be at peace with myself, I have to be at peace with God because the, the thing that, that haunts us the most is past sin. You ever notice that? You ever notice that little movie that plays in your head from something that happened way back when? And just like all of a sudden, it's like drive-in movie night in your brain. And you're like going, oh, gosh, I hadn't thought about that. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's on loop. And you don't know how to stop it. 
and, and you just keep seeing this stuff, and, and it, just, it just begins to haunt you inside. And, and you, now you're fretting. Now you're worrying. Well, who's going to know? What's going what's to happen? And we, we, we become overwhelmed. We become overwhelmed. And our, our minds kind of just set us up for failure because that's the way our minds work. And we're not at peace. You know, before we came to Christ, before we came to Christ, if you come to Christ, uh, you, you really only had one enemy. You know who that enemy was? It was God. Because Scripture says that, that before we came to Christ, we were enemies with Him. Uh, and it's not like He was out to harm us, He was out to hurt us, He was out to, but we wanted to live our own way, and we didn't want anybody to say, hey, this is a more healthy way to live, this is a better way to live, this is a... This is a freeing way to live. We were like, no, I don't want to live that way. I'm do my own thing. So you were you were at enmity with God. Now the funny thing is, is that people that that dislike God or hate God, God doesn't return the hate. God is trying to save the people that are trying to kill Him. Now that's odd, would you not say? That that we are God's enemy, but God loves us enough, even while we're enemies, that He's trying to redeem us and save us. And eventually, maybe we, we catch it that, oh my gosh, God is not what I thought he was, and he's loving me, and he's providing for me, and he's there, and then I seek the peace. And so now I, I go from being an enemy with God to now I'm an enemy with culture, myself, and Satan. And so you actually get more enemies when you come to Christ than before you had Christ, which is odd. But you have a possibility that probably never existed before. You have the potential to be at peace within yourself. And if you're at peace within yourself, you can be at peace with others. And if you're at peace with yourself and others, it comes because you're at peace with God. That's a complicated equation, isn't it? Um, somebody that's at peace with themselves, they're not bitter, they're not jealous, because they're not seeking revenge when others do stuff to them. They're letting God work it out because they know that God worked it out in their life and God will work it out in others' lives. And uh, to be at peace with God means that God has paved a way for peace with other people. Um, and this is like the biggest deal is that God makes peace with our past. In other words, no longer does our, our past have to haunt us because he's overcome it. He's overcome it. Um, Romans 5.12 says it this way, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sin. So when, when, when we sinned, uh, death came. We, we talked about this when we went through our Roman series uh, earlier. Um, you know, when, when we sin, when we mess up, when we blow it, um, some of us are struggling in relationships because our actions have destroyed a relationship. Our actions have destroyed trust with another person. Our actions have brought about chaos. And so death comes because of our sin. Death doesn't always mean you're putting somebody in the ground. Death sometimes means, hey, I made some decisions that I've broken some trust with people and I've broken my ability to be in, in unity with them. And now I've got to suffer the consequences of that because. Death comes when we sin. Colossians 1 says it this way, 
For he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We, we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't make peace ourselves, so God had to do it for us. And so every time we sin, death comes into our life in some form or fashion. But it says God's, God redeemed us. He, he pulled us out of the nation of sin and sinner into the nation, into the kingdom of his love and his goodness, and his grace. And because grace and love are what changes people, it makes all relationships possible again. So Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? With God. We have peace. Well, we didn't justify ourselves, but God justified us. And because we've been justified, we can not only have peace with God, but once we have peace with God, then we can be peace with ourselves because we don't have to let the guilt and the pain and the shame and the brokenness of our life and our heart and our actions rule and dictate the way we live the rest of our life. I mean, you think about it, that a couple that has struggled and they have had all this kind of war because of sinful behavior, and then there's forgiveness and there's mercy and grace. If they want to live in that kind of peace, they don't go dig in the past and go remember when. They live in the present because forgiveness and grace makes all things possible. And so peace then is a product of what God does in us and through us and for us. Um, You know, Second Corinthians five seventeen says this: If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. New creature, the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And you know, this is like people are like I don't know that I believe that. I don't know if I, I I can accept that. I don't know that Jesus is all that. Um. Well, the reality is, is that you don't know until you step in. And that's kind of the crazy part of that. But, you know, you think, okay, I've tried to make relationships work. I've tried to make all this stuff work. And, and by the way, my caveat is this. Just because two people come to Christ don't have a great relationship. Because if we bring the old self into the new, guess what? The old self is going to filter into that relationship, and it's not going to be new. It's going to be conflicted. But two people who understand that they have been forgiven and then they have the ability to forgive, they are at peace with themselves, which makes it possible for them to be at peace with the people around them. But if you're not at peace within yourself, you're not going to be at peace with anybody. And, and that's kind of the crazy way that deal works. Um, all these things, he says, are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we are, we are peace bearers, but we are also peace keepers. We're peace keepers with people. We're peace keepers. Um, listen, if we could do one thing, if we could not forget that Jesus is our peace, so when you become conflicted, and you become restless, and you become overwhelmed, if you could go back to, okay, Craig, what's your source of peace? And if I start finding what or where's in my life, that's not true peace. I need to get to the who. If I can get to the who, then it will filter down, and it, it will make some sense to me, and my expectations can change because I can release myself from my past sin, and I don't have to hold someone else's sin over them, and then we have a possibility to what? 
Because God has reconciled us, we can reconcile with others. That's what peace looks like. We, we don't live in a world of peace. We don't, we don't live in a world of peace. And it's not because it's not possible. Now, I realize that's kind of a strange statement because people in certain parts of the world have been fighting for thousands and thousands of years. But, you know, most things boil down to money, sex, and power. So you just follow the trail of the conflict for all these years and it will fall back to money, sex, and power. You follow the conflict in your life, but money, sex, and power. Power being control. Money being a god. Sex being a god. Uh, and so we, we aren't then at peace with ourselves if we're trying to find something to envelop our pain and our chaos and, and drug it. It's not always a chemical that we seek. And so God is the one that gives peace. He's the one that brings peace. And so, um, you know, I love that song that we started with this morning. Um, I'm not here to seek the blessing because you don't know, owe me anything. Man, is that not powerful? Holy moly. Holy moly. So what I want to do is let's just spend some time worshiping if we can. And, and this is just a question I'd, I'd like maybe you just to start asking yourself right now. Um, what is it you want from God? Or what is it you're seeking God for? Um, this is going to sound crazy, and we can talk about it later. But some of you are like, okay, I'm seeking God to make my spouse behave. I'm seeking God for, how about let's seek Him and get lost in the wonder of His splendor and glory and majesty and who knows what may happen. Who knows what may happen if we just get lost in Him? So I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to worship, and uh, Monty will, will direct us into communion here. In bit. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, I, I pray that you can make some sense of all this chaos that's been running through my head about this word peace. Lord, I pray that our focus can be you and you alone. <laughs> which, Lord, we're not always good at, but you're worthy of that. You're big enough for that. And so, Lord, as we draw towards you and we seek you, Lord God, may we not just seek your hand, Lord, where we're looking for something. Lord, we're, we're out for you. We're out to be drawn into your presence. Healing comes in your presence. Freedom comes in your presence. Hope comes in your presence. Joy comes in your presence. It's, it's a gift of your spirit at work within us. And most certainly peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control are all gifts that you give as we, we allow your presence to overwhelm us. And so, Lord, uh, we draw to you today. And, Lord, uh, we, we come after you. And, Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts. Pray you speak to our hearts, Lord God. Pray you. Pray you show us the beauty of your splendor. In the name of Jesus.